Hi, and welcome to the You Changed My Mind podcast with Stephen Malunovic. I wanted to start off this God Is series uh, with one of my favorite quotes from A.W. Tozer. He says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. We tend, by a secret law of the soul, to move toward our mental image of God. This is true not only of the individual Christian, but of the company of Christians that compose the church. Always the most revealing thing about the church is her idea of God. So what comes to mind when you think about God? And what does that reveal about us? What mental image of God is our soul moving towards? That is what we're going to be exploring today. You know, many moons ago, and I may have told this story before on the podcast, I went up uh, with church, with my church, to Hume Lake Christian Camps um, for the summer, or at least for a week in the summer, uh, and near the lake. I mean, this is when I was young. I don't know if you know if the sign's still there. Um, there was a sign that just in big, bold capital letters, it just said, God is. And I thought it was kind of strange. Like, God is what? You know, and I asked some of my friends, I was like, is the answer on the other side of the sign or something like that? Or is there like small text written under it? Um, and they said, it's just God is. And I was like, I, I know, but God is what? And they just would simply say, no, 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 don't you get it? God is. It took me a little while to understand it. But the foundational principle that that sign and even the camp was trying to get across is that God simply is who he is. He exists. He just is, period. Um, it reminds me of Exodus chapter 3 when Moses um, uh, meets God at the burning bush. It says this in Exodus 3.13. Uh, Moses says to him, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Right? This is what that sign was getting at. Moses is asking, how do I tell the Israelites which God has sent me? Is it Ra or Osiris or something like that? And God takes a step back and says, I am who I am. That phrase sounds very similar, by the way, to God's personal name, which is Yahweh. It's a version of the phrase I am in Hebrew. See, God's name isn't God. He has a personal name of Yahweh. Um, you know, sometimes we think like taking the Lord's name in vain or something like that, that God's name is God. His name is not God. It is actually Yahweh because he is the God who is. I once heard a pastor say it like this. God is am. He was am. He always will be am. See, a fancy word for this concept here is that God is sovereign. The ancient Egyptians worshipped many gods and they made idols out of wood and stone and metal that they prayed to, that they worshipped and bowed down to. And something that often gets pointed out is that they were making uh, God or gods to look like them. Some people phrase this, that they made God in their own image. Je uh, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1 that the opposite is actually true. Right, that, that we don't create God in our image, even though we try to. But the reality is that God, the creator of the universe, created us to be like him in his image. We are the quote-unquote idols made like God by God. He is not an idol we make to be like us. But that's what we've been doing since the dawn of time. Uh, Romans chapter 1 
uh, verse 21 through 25 tells us, for although they knew God, this is just talking about humanity in general, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images or idols made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degree in their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. See, here lies um, kind of problem number one is that we make God who we want him to be. Sometimes we do this with other people, by the way. We try to make our friends or our boyfriend and girlfriend or whoever it might be to be the way we want them to be rather than accepting who they are. But the truth that we see in the Bible, as much as we try to make God be who we want him to be, is that he already is who he is. Nothing we think about him or say to him or, or you know, wish about him is going to make him any different. I sometimes hear people say, I, I could never believe in a God like that, in a God that would do blank or in a God that would do this. My God would never do that. I think God must be blank. You know, it reminds me uh, of when one of my classmates, um, uh, this was when I was in college. We were about to take the final. And right before, uh, he asked the professor, um, is there any extra credit that you can give us or any extra credit that we can do? And he kind of just laughed and said, I don't believe in extra credit. Uh, I thought it was so smart uh, when I said, well, you may not believe in extra credit, but that doesn't mean extra credit doesn't exist. Um, you know, I heard about a strange group of people called sovereign citizens in a similar way uh, that they believe that the law doesn't apply to them. Uh, maybe this is outdated, but, you know, I remember uh, hearing stories and reading about people who would, you know, have these weird signs on their cars and they would drive fast and get pulled over and the cop would pull them over and they would say, uh, I don't need to give you my license and registration. I am a sovereign citizen as if somehow that's like the magic words, you know, to get out of jail free or something like that. Um, but then they're in for a rude awakening when they get taken to jail for refusing to pay traffic tickets or refusing to pay their taxes. So you can delude yourself all you want. You can say whatever you want about the law or who you are as a citizen or your responsibilities or about extra credit. But the reality is that the law, in this case with the sovereign citizens, is going to win in the end. That's how some of us treat God. We act as if us believing in him makes him exist or believing something about him changes who he is. Something my atheist friends will argue with me um, is more, uh, more so not that, that God doesn't exist, but more so that they don't like God. Like We have had so many long conversations, not so much about whether God scientifically exists or whether empirical evidence or logical proofs or this, that, and the other. It's more so that they're angry with the picture of God that they see in the Bible or that they see displayed by Christians. Um, but here's the thing, whether we like him or not, God exists. He is who he is, whether we like it or like him or not. That is God's sovereignty. He is who he is regardless uh, of how we may want him to be or whatever we might think of him. He just is who he is. So here's where it gets personal. You and I, as we saw in Romans, are attempting to make God in our image. We do this often. Um, I, I see this most at play when we uh, do something like this. We say, God must be blank, or my God is 
blank. My God would never do blank. Right there, we just put God in a box. And the goal of this series is for us to shift from shoehorning God into our preferences of him and to say, God, I'm just going to try to come with no preconceived notions or as little as possible and be willing to change my mind on this rather than trying to change you into who I want to be. And at that point, we hopefully get to know him for who he truly is. And we go from my God is blank or God must be blank to God, you are. And think how much powerful or how much more powerful your prayers are, how much more convicting they are for you when instead of saying, God, I hope that you are this way. God, I want you to be this way. And we say, God, I know who you are. I I have experienced and encountered you and I know who you are and what your character is like from your word and that you are unchanging. And because you were this way then, I know you are going to be this way now. And so I'm calling on the God who is sovereign who does not change to answer my prayer.